0: what's up what's going on man not much hey tell us about yourself introduce yourself
1: uh i'm ryan i own a garage in stewart florida i specialize primarily in bmw and mercedes Uh, i'm sitting here talking to you now i caught you on facebook the name changing the industry kind of caught me right because uh i'm in the industry and i hate a lot of things about it right right well (laughs) so how'd
0: you how'd you get into it right like how'd you get into the
1: industry um I, I always loved motorsports, and okay. I went to school for Ducati motorcycles. Okay. And there wasn't really a big market where I was. There yep. was one Ducati shop, okay. um, but you mostly did Japanese mm-hmm. sport bikes. Um, I ended up having my own automotive detail business, and I did more okay. high-line cars, and I met an individual that did BMW, Mercedes specialty work. And as we kind of became friends, and I yep. was cleaning his cars, he said, "You know, you you have a knack for this. Have, have you ever thought about working on cars?" And at the time, I was like, "No, no, no." Um, 2007, the economy took a turn, yeah. and I literally slow, transitioned perfectly out of my detail business, right, and into mechanicing. That's awesome. So, man. and I never was in the BMW, and Mercedes, right. right. I was a younger kid, being an American, it was all Chevy stuff. I yeah, liked of the course, sport bike aspect, but. Um, yeah and then working on the cars I fell in love with the cars and that's how right. I got sucked in Dude that's awesome Yeah So and and you you're like active on
0: social media in a really unique way, right? Like I'm seeing all your posts and all the stuff you put out there for the shop
1: and the other pictures, man. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't do much, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, just saying like the pictures that
1: you put out there are very unique and they draw people in.
0: How big is the shop? What what kind of size oh, is the shop? Oh, very
1: small. It's about 2,700 square foot, three okay. bays inside, one bay outside. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very so nice. it, um, you know, about changing the industry, right? Yeah, of course. When you have a, the opportunity to have a shop like this. Yeah. Um, you can make it not like the industry. Right. So I don't have to, I don't count. I look at hours. I'm a yep. businessman and owner, right. but I'm a mechanic first and foremost, right? Right. And my business has always been providing the service. Yeah. Not trying to give a discount rate or some gimmick to get somebody in the door. Right. 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 So that's what I expect out of my guys. So there's no such thing as flat rate. You're going to have to do work hours, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But the quality has to be there. We don't have time to do it twice. Keep the same customers' coupons ones and learn new personalities and new people every day. Right. You keep your core base, and it it turns out you're a lot happier in life. Yeah. Then you can pay your guys' salary, paid holidays, paid vacations, work Monday through Friday, and actually have a normal job. Right. Not have to take up your weekends, not have to not go on vacations with your family, um... I don't believe mechanics should have to pay for anything right? Um, besides their shoes and their pants.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, it's, true. it's hard to buy those for them, right? Like, yeah, well, you know, but I'll besides that, pants. All,
1: all tools are provided at my shop, right. anything and everything. Um, if they want something special, uh, you know, most of the guys in a small shop are pretty good and worth it. You yeah. buy them whatever they need to get the job done. Right. Because if I expect you to perform at a certain level, how can I do that without giving you the tools to succeed?
0: Right. Well, and and like your operation, I've looked on your Facebook profile and stuff like that over the past couple of months, and it's very unique, right? Like it's not like every other shop. The social media doesn't look like every other shop I think that's what what caught my eye about it, right? Is it seems unique compared to everybody else. It's very it
1: personal. Yeah, there's exactly. There's a lot of exactly. there's a lot of emotion in there, lots of love. Yeah. We're very big in the motorsports, motorcycles, four-wheelers, dirt right. bikes. It's not just BMW and Mercedes, you know, we live the lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I think that's what's interesting for me is because you a, a lot of guys come into this and they start a business, right? Especially if you were a tech first and then you start a shop You come into this, and then what you end up doing is you end up losing the passion for the car, right? You lose the passion for what it was that you did. How did you maintain that passion? What was your...
1: By not following the industry norms. Right. You know, um, I was losing my passion. And uh, when I left the shop, the last shop I was working at before I started my own business, you know, I had at that point worked and saw what they were providing, yeah. and said that people are like me. Yeah. I'm not the only one like myself. Yeah, People don't mind paying for quality. Yeah. And usually when you deal with those people, they're so much cooler, man. Right. They've got awesome cars and stories, and they're from places and do things. And yeah. I mean, so right, one of the major joys in life is meeting all the people, coming here and networking. I mean, that's yeah, what dude. we do as people. Sometimes you want to get away, but not generally. We're always mingling as people. So you get a way higher class clientele, and that doesn't mean financially. That means the intellectual property of the person is just greater. It's pretty cool. So uh, that helps keep your passion in. And then being able to come in to a clean workspace, an organized workspace, and have that, it's not a grease pit. It's very well lit. You know, These items are... Overlooked even in a lot of uh older shops and I just there's no reason for that because right. it, it draws down on your whole energy when you come in. So those little things have kept the passion going for me because I'm excited for the next thing. I get right. excited to put shelving in. Yeah. I get excited to buy new tools, new right. software. You know, my guy needs something special and I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna get that for you. Right. But, right. It, so isn't
0: it isn't it Becky Witt who always had Said the thing, uh, soap, lights, and paint, or something like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, well, like uh, yeah. When I bought my shop, uh, and the, it, the people loved the guy that owned it before me. It was right. one person, Michael McAdams, from
2: 1988 to 2012. When I bought it, wow. Um, and Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now
0: click the link in the show notes to get started.
1: And obviously I've had it ever since, but the shop used to have a drop ceiling. Okay. And when the hurricanes came through 05, 06, it finally took the ceiling off the shop. So these guys were working with floor jacks. There was one lift, which I still have working. I maintain my stuff outside, but they were working inside on floor jacks from 1988 until 2006. And then when I bought it, You could still see the metal where the drop ceiling used to be. Right. Same paint that's been there since the 60s and 70s. I mean, it was just... You know, because people say that that's not what makes a shop. You focus on this, that, and I'm like, I don't want to live well, like this. <laughs> you know,
0: and for so long, I think a lot of shop owners, they, they would go in there, and that that was the quintessential shop, right? That's yeah. what everybody looked at as a repair shop. But that's not what we are uh, today. Well,
1: and especially being independent. Yeah. You go into the dealer, you get all the glam, and they think that if you're in this dirty independent shop, there is yeah. still that mindset that this dirty independent shop, I'm going to save money and it's going to be better for yeah. my car this yeah and i'm i'm just not with that I, I remember being a little kid and there was this shop in town called dick's
0: garage uh-huh. right and it was off on the other side of town and it was uh i think it was three bays maybe four and we would roll up and you'd go in and dude as soon as you walked through the door like you couldn't even get the front office door all the way open you'd have to like shove the door open to get through the door stuff piled and everywhere. there's stuff piled up yeah, and there's everywhere. stuff all up on the counters and just i mean you can't even see where he he works and he just you know he'd write down and he'd have a little notepad and he'd write down your bill and it was literally just like a flip notepad with lines on it and he'd write down your bill and he'd hand you your bill and it was a cool experience right i still remember the smell of that place and, right uh, it it's you know, different and and so i think that for the longest time that was acceptable and that's what we thought normal was but then as it developed further and further the consumers of today are not the consumers they were those many years ago, right? They don't look at that and say, hey, this is a repair shop, right? Especially when you got dealerships who are out here putting out these, you know, ten million dollar products for them to walk into. And we're not
1: saying you gotta have a Taj Mahal, but there better not be dog turds laying on the floor when they walk in, you know? Well, and time flies by so fast. I mean, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah. So the cars are drastically more technical. Yeah. just advanced mm-hmm. i mean every say it doesn't matter what you drive what you're working in. they're extremely advanced the consumer knows this yeah you know and we're charging rates now it's not fifty dollars an hour like it yeah. was years and years ago right everybody's 150 200 an hour almost across the united states no matter where you go yeah um it's a lot of money and when they come in and they're paying somebody that amount yeah. of money they they want to see that this person is capable yeah. Uh, well, they don't, a task. they don't want to get
0: back in their car and have greasy footprints because the nope. shop's
1: got two inches of grease on the floor. And,
0: you know, that
2: just doesn't work. So let, leave my grease alone. Leave my grease alone. There's a lot of places, and in, in like you get into the middle part of the country, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, they're at 80 bucks an hour. That's what they charge. And nobody charged 150 bucks an hour. And you try to tell them, hey, you should be charging 150 bucks an hour. They go, I'd go out of business. They don't. They, they haven't made that connection yet. It's unique, but there's still a lot of that out there.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that, but they're probably not using factory diagnostic tools and specializing. So, and that's kind of probably what I'm generalizing as. So, I, I do realize other shops do have different labor rates. But so, for example, we do anything and everything BMW Mercedes. Yeah. Period. Sure. And I give a three year warranty. Shop that
2: you, the, the shop that you bought also specialized? yes that's actually how i got into it mm-hmm. uh,
1: he would drive by uh with his little dog at about five o'clock because it's seven thirty to 4 30 and i would, would of course be in my building and i'd be sweating and miserable and answering the phone and i'd have range rovers and audi's and bmw's yeah. and mercedes yeah. all over the place and he'd laugh at me and he goes when, when are you going to realize there's a better way yeah
2: you know um because i always thought that you'd be he, leaving money on the on, table on, right you're the owner of the shop With floor jacks in the building. Yeah. Was driving by making fun of you. At five o'clock already showered and changed, living
1: his best life. Yeah. Wow. Telling me I'm doing it all wrong. But he didn't have a lift inside the building. <laughs> Not until 2006 when the roof blew off. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, after so that. After after so after 2006, then in. we have, that's why I say we got the pitched roof. And when I bought it, you could still see where the drop ceiling was. Okay, And that makes no sense. paint, no nothing. There was... You um, saw it as an opportunity. There was it's legitimate. Like, um, well, you know, it's a business, right? So you, there's numbers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been known, been known. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would honestly say... 800 or more pounds of wiring harness in one corner of the shop. Ah. I I mean, well,
0: I've probably got to come up.
1: I mean, you don't know when you need it. Okay. Seven foot high and probably 13 foot long. (laughs) Maybe more. I don't know. I
2: mean, ridiculous. It So, yeah. Well, so you're starting to make me feel bad. But (laughs) let, let me ask you this. So. You're paying your guy's salary. Well, I threw it all out. Now I'm regretting it. Now, I've, <laughs> yeah, now I have to build really back to my stock, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're paying your guy's salary. You have what, three techs? Yep. Okay. So you're paying your guy's salary. You're, They're you're paid s- to be here.
1: I think this is very important about changing the industry. Sure. And we came early, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I mean this is very important about yeah. creating because we're in this life, right? So we have the opportunity to create a better environment sure, sure. for us. So they get paid to come here. We come but the numbers early. still have
2: to work at the end of the day. Uh huh. Okay. And so, I mean, we just had a conversation with a gentleman who he can't pay straight flat rate because of the state that he's in. So he pays fancy flat or flat rate, which is a salary with a or bonus. hourly with a bonus on top. But if they're going to make the numbers that everybody wants to be like, oh my guy makes X amount of dollars, that guy's got to flag him fifty plus, right? And then he can go around and start telling everybody, oh, my guy's flagging me 50. What do you guys fly? Your guys. What do what they fly?
1: My guys will do on average, my, my best guy will do 60. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the regular guys are around 35 to 40. Okay. And keep in mind, it's, it's not fair. And the the flat rate in a small shop's not fair because I'm super anal retentive. Everything's got to be clean. There's no cleaning crew coming back. You have to take care of all the stuff. Sure. All the setup on the cars. You were mentioning grease and fingerprints. We take them out. I've got a little wash bay. We power wash and clean all the motors. We clean all the underpans. All that stuff is not involved in flat rate, right? So there's a ton of extra. So. hours i i think of my guys could easily if they were on a regular flat rate shop other shops i've been in i know they could easily clock 10 to 15 more hours a week going to any other shop so how much
2: support staff do you carry uh my techs
1: and then i have an assistant i do most of the diagnostic and obviously so you're doing the diagnostic work who's selling the work me me okay yeah small shop they want to talk to me anyway
2: all the time. <laughs> okay, so in your particular instance, and and, the, and I'm, I'm not trying to give you the third degree or question. No, this what I'm here for. What happened? I unplugged it. Why? Because I wanted to. Is it not recording now? Yeah, it's
0: recording. That's just from the. That's just from my computer. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, you yeah. freaked me out. You freaked me out. That that distracted me. Um. I, I like to de- deconstruct things because I, I, I steal. that Everything I do and any good idea I've ever had, it's stolen. Everything. Mm-hmm. So I try to deconstruct and go, okay, what can I pull away from, yeah. from that particular situation? And it, uh, Lucas and I were having lunch, and we determined that I'm an unbelievably lazy and do not want to work in my business at all, right? So you have a lot of energy. So we can just throw that one out the door, right there. Still lazy like though. Don't worry. <laughs> Trust me, you're not. Um, <laughs> not compared yeah, to on this. Top too, <laughs> on top of that, too. On top of that, too. You're obviously a high I. I can tell. A high I personality. The disc profile. D I S C. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> so it, it it breaks down personality types, and everybody's a little bit of everything, right? But you always have a. Dominant. Uh, dominant trait Yeah. Mm-hmm. right and uh an i is uh stands for influencer but it's essentially somebody who's very outgoing gregarious he kept saying it over and over again. I like to talk to the people i like to network we go out we mingle okay i am not a high i i don't want to talk to anybody i don't want to meet anybody i avoid conversations and so like the front counter i'm not gonna work the front counter that is insane to me now have i done it yeah do i do it absolutely it is mentally and physically exhausting. Smile it, it when they come in like, it hey, is. how are you doing? And then wanting to, I don't want to pretend. I do want to be interested in what they're saying. But at the end of the day, like, dude, I don't care. Like, just drop the car off and go away. I'll fix your car and then come back and pay me. And that, that's how I feel about it. But I have to force myself not to do that, okay? Yeah. And to not have it show. Because sometimes it shows. Yeah. So I, I got to be really careful about how I talk to the customer and this stuff. And so all of what you do, I cannot duplicate. That is insane to me. Now, good for you. That is that's is fantastic. The only thing I would challenge you on, the only thing I would challenge you on, you guys are very alike, by the way, very alike. I'm He's also a anymore. high eye. He uh-huh. is also a high eye and and he is energized by meeting people the yeah. more he talks to people the more energy he gets and the you know where it is draining to me and i like that that's every little interaction removes energy for me and at the end of the day uh, i'm exhausted where he could keep going he just got to talk to more people so you guys are very much like the only thing i would challenge you is What I've done, uh, so I'm salary as well. I've got three techs. I just lost the tech. So I'm down to three techs. I had four. I have done everything I can in my business to remove me from the business. I don't want my name on it. I don't want to be involved in it. I don't want to know. I need need to pay the bills. I pay the bills. That's what I do in my shop. I pay the bills. That's it. And the reason why is because... I, one, like, you know, hey, I got to go do the podcast. I'll see you next week. And then I just go. The shop may do well, may not do well, whatever. The shop just runs. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be involved. I don't have to worry about who's selling the work. I don't have to worry about who's talking to the customers. I don't have to worry about who's doing the work. Is the car clean? All all of that is built into what we do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But him and I, we're having this conversation. We're looking at our numbers. Numbers are down a little bit. This month so far, we had a, you know what? why I'm down? I'm down 11% right now, sales. I went into the beginning of the month flat and I entered so far the 17th of the month I'm down 11% and it's because I had a ridiculously good May last year Mm -hmm. and I am not keeping up with last year's May. Anyway, but I lost the tech. So it's a little bit of that. Car count's down, but whatever. And, and him and I are having this conversation, and I'm like, I don't how are these guys doing it. And I told him, it's because they work in their businesses, and we don't. <laughs> I mean, I still work in my shop. He takes random days off. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm going to take Tuesday off. And, and I'm on the phone with him when he says that, and I'm like, what, it, what do you mean, like, Tuesday He's like, yeah, like, I'm going I'm to try to hang out at home. Now, you know, His kids are school. His wife's at home. Like when he That means that everybody's in the house together. Yeah. That doesn't happen on my house. If I take a Tuesday off, that's me sitting by myself in my house. My kids are at school. My wife's at work. Oh, I'd be okay. fishing. I'd love to take a Tuesday or Wednesday <laughs> off. Oh, man.
1: So I'm in a very small coastal town. It was, um, I lost, and people tried to tell me when I bought the business, mm-hmm. um, I merged my shop and Church Street Garage that I bought, right? Yeah. I might have retained 5% of my customers because they didn't want to go from one town over to the next town. They initially did,
2: yeah. but it, but it petered away. out.
1: Yeah. And, um, I mean the same thing with with holding because you know you buy the blue sky, right? Cuz that's yeah. what the property is only that and you buy the blue sky and you know it's up to you to Boy. create that blue sky yeah. every day. Um and now over a decade later, I I I I don't want to give false numbers, but I would say maybe 5 to 8% at most still come to my shop or you know they've yeah. gotten older. So it's uh it's, it's, it's difficult. When I first bought it, where I was getting at in the beginning with this is the type of town we're in. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Yeah. People would talk about retaining customers. This is where I was going with it. They, I had literal people come in when they realized Michael was not there, yeah. and yeah. I was the new owner of the shop, walk out. yeah, yep. That was that. Yeah. They they did not like the look of me, ever it was, yeah. and it was done, over with. They'd walk out. Now, years later, a lot of people came back because sure. I'm super anal retentive and give the best quality work. So at some point, you're going to need me or the dealer. So yeah. you pick, you know. Um, but it was very, very difficult, and that's kind of how it is now. Um, I just got an assistant again, and I haven't had one for probably two years, but it was really boiling me up. Dealing with all the people. Scheduling all the appointments. Um, they, they talk to me a lot and I'm, I, I explain, I'm pretty technical and I explain everything in detail to my customers. Plus, I'm nonstop on the diagnostics. Uh, it was just killing me and um, I needed help. So now I'm still trying to train. She's been with me a couple of months now and they're still, they don't want to leave a message if I don't answer the phone.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, <laughs> let me I, talk
1: to Ryan now. I went yeah.
0: through so much of that. Right, I went through so much of that, and and he, he's going through so much. Yeah, I still am. <laughs> right, and and I've I've been through a couple people in that position, and part of the problem is, is I am absolutely a hard ass when it comes to the service advisor position, because I want them to clearly understand what they're paying for. I want them to clearly understand what the warranty that, is. They, that's I, our job, right? I want them to understand that I care about their car and I yeah. care about them, and I want them to be okay. Right, that's absolutely. my job. And so I uh, I take it too far, right? There's zero doubt I'm hard to work for in that position. The tech position, I can laugh about because I've made those mistakes. I've screwed that up. We can talk about it, and I can fix the car. That's no problem. Fixing a relationship with a client is much harder, and and it feels like it's much more
1: detrimental
0: to me, in my personal opinion. When something goes wrong with a client, I feel it personally. It makes me sick to my stomach,
1: Right. It's the same Exactly everything you said is exactly how. Oh, it's
2: like I said. You yeah. guys are exactly alike. That, Holy I, mean, I, I could have just that. said it like that. Anyway, <laughs> well, how do we fix this? Because this is not sustainable. Well, here's the thing. is like. I, <laughs> but dude, it I, is. We can just do it till we die, man. No. No. <laughs> well, that so is I terrible.
1: <laughs> I watched David. Watched I want you to go fishing. I, I know. I, I, I want to.
0: Well, we, we were in <laughs> Kansas just City. Just one
1: Wednesday, please.
0: <laughs> we were in Kansas City, right? And and we we're we went to David's shop. We're getting ready to go to Vision. And we're riding around, and a client calls David. And and the guy's like, hey, so, you know, it's got a few oil drips underneath it. And I just wanted to make sure that's okay. And they had had an oil leak or something they were dealing with. And David's like, listen, it's fine. I told my technician. He washed it. He must not have washed it good, but it's fine. You don't need but to worry about not it. It's fine. But, yeah, I got you. I mean, he was he was hard-ass with the dude. And I'm over here thinking. I was so hurt." I was, Have you ever looked up the definition of that uh, word? Do you have any
2: kids? Uh, I have one. Okay. Do you ever put your dad voice on? I mean. Like the kid's messing around. It's like, hey, it's teenager. now time to yeah, go. Like, exactly. Like, get your shoes on. We're leaving now. You get your dad voice. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. And yeah, I got the red dad voice. with him. He was calling me. I was driving around. I want to talk to that guy. And, he, and he's asking me like the same question. And he's like, well, I was just worried about the trips. Like, yeah. I, and we explained it to him. We had told him at the counter hey one of the we, we did some oil cooler lines the little fitting we didn't replace my tech's fault because i bought them they were on the ticket replaced the stupid fitting because guess what happens you unclip it you clip it back in you turn it on 80 psi hits pop yeah. the thing pops out and that's what it did it sprayed oil everywhere shuts the vehicle off he replaces the fitting cleans it off but you just sprayed 80 PSI and yeah. all over this truck. Yeah. What do you think it's gonna happen? It's gonna be drips. So we told the guy, hey, it's gonna be drips on the ground. This is what happened. He's like, oh, okay. And then what does he do? Flipping calls me. He's like, dude, I just you just told you. Talked, just talked 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 about you. It.
0: I and I understand that. But but I like I think about my wife, I think about my mom, I think about other people. And I think, you know what? They don't understand, even though I just told them that, Mm -hmm. they don't really understand the gravity of the situation. They don't truly understand it like I understand it. It doesn't mean anything for me to, if it's not dripping oil on the ground around my place, I I know it's out of oil, right? Like, I know that's a problem. (laughs) But, you know, like my thing is, is that I want to make sure they feel confident. I want to make sure they feel okay about it, right? Because I don't want them to question what we're doing. I want to build a relationship with them where they understand. Lucas has my back. It's okay. He if, if it was a problem, he'd tell me it's a problem, right? Right. And so, you know, and, and I tell him And he comes
1: back and you're like, oh, man, it's a problem. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> that's Dude, a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't want I don't want that at all. Trust me. That, that's not, I, I get what you're saying. That, and I wasn't trying to be rude to the guy. I was being, I, I'd put my dad voice on because the guy was just not I, hearing what I was telling. I him. heard the hurt feelings over the phone.
1: Well, I, I mean, he, some customers now are quite tough, and they just need to be told. I know, but I heard told. this guy just already
0: had a relationship. Voice, and no, I heard in his voice
1: the hurt
2: feelings. No, no, I he just got him. dad voiced, and he's like, "Oh, I just got dad voice." No, okay, I'm just telling okay, you. If okay, you go no back way.
0: and listen to that call, if you go back and listen to the recorded call, you are
2: you are extracting Let's to it. way
0: can we get <laughs> too it? much.
1: Can we get the call? I, I feel like the guy probably <laughs> was hurt. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, dude, he, I'm telling you, I heard the hurt feelings. Like, I heard him. He went down. He's he turned his tongue. first, and then, yeah. Yeah. D- hey, David, I was just wondering about this, and David goes off, and he's like, oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right? That's how so I can hear the hurt feelings on the dude, right? <laughs> like, I'm an emotional guy. People hurt my feelings sometimes. I, I can't I, hear I, it. I
2: understand that. I think you, you, um, I think you, you, you. You think that if somebody had if you had said something you would have hurt the guy's feelings, if you had said it the way I did. Or if I had talked to you that way, you would have had your feelings hurt. And so I think you're just mixing all that together. We're cool. Bro, I'm telling you, you I know say the guy. you say way like, I know
0: the guy you say way worse things to me all the time and you don't hurt my yeah, feelings. No, I'm but just, just saying I don't want like to say
2: them like serious. We
0: just have to <laughs> Of the time,
1: but. well, now you call them in a couple of days and you just be like, Hey, the oil drip yeah. go away, yeah. You exactly. can no, match it did. up very yeah. We easy. Did. yeah. Oh, okay,
2: I got a lady that does that. I didn't call, well, I don't call you, people. No, I <laughs> get out of here. You insane, he are called, you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling people. Ugh. Ugh. I can feel that in just in the pit on my stomach. I gotta make that phone call. Are you oh, kidding man. me? We have this uh Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. My kids love, absolutely love. It's awful food, but whatever. My kids absolutely love it. My wife likes it too. They have this thing on the menu. It's like tequila lime chicken. It's what my wife likes. Every time we go there, she gets the tequila. Well, it's not on the menu anymore. So if you have to order it online because we want to bring it home or whatever, you, you have to call and ask for the tequila lime chicken. So if I'm, input, if I'm put in charge of ordering the food for that, and guess what? She ain't getting tequila on chicken because it's not on the menu online. And she's like, What'd I get? You got a flipping chimney chunga. You didn't call, did you? I'm not calling. Are you insane? Like, this is what the online ordering is for. I want to click a button. It ain't a button. I'm not ordering it. I don't
1: know. I mean, I'll call customers a month later after yeah. they, you know, they had coolant leaks and maybe right. they came twice, right? A that, visit and then another visit a week later. It, David, I'll think about that at night and I'll call them. I think know. about it, but then I have employees
2: that. <laughs> <call> <laughs> them.
0: David's got a point, though, because it does become taxing. It becomes emotionally yes. heavy, especially yeah. when something goes wrong and, and when you have that personal relationship with somebody. That can become taxing over time. Yeah. Right. And and it can it can lead to burnout in shop ownership. Right. It can lead to a position where hey this is this is hard to handle. And then you know my thing is is I've lost clients. I, I and, see a
1: lot of that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of old guys that are about fifteen years older than me, ten <laughs> years older than me, owning their own shops. You see, they're getting drained. Yeah. Well, and and here's the thing: it's like then you start losing clients and I'm not talking about you lose clients
0: because they went somewhere else I'm talking about they passed away and and you see that and you have an emotional connection to these people and and so that over time weighs on you and I jade who is the the service advisor worked in the medical field we're talking about this at lunch and she worked in the medical field and she worked in uh the vet's office right and she was kind of the front counter person and she dealt with people who had lost a loved one. She dealt with people who had lost a pet. She had dealt with people who found out some really bad news sometimes. And and she handles things differently than I do. And sometimes it's a little brash for me to handle, right? Like maybe just a touch more compassion, maybe just a touch more like showing them that you care and you're listening. In the same respect, like we've talked about it. And she says, listen, you need to understand that that, like when I was working in the vet's office, these people lost their best friend, their puppy, their whatever, and she said it, if you took every single one of those cases and you felt it personally, it would take you out. yeah you couldn't do the job you wouldn't be able if you if you had a family member yeah. come in and, and they lost somebody you that's hard to handle That's not easy to have that conversation. If you internalize each one of those things, I'm bad to internalize what's happening in the shop, yeah. Like, it's my personal, every mistake that's made is my personal mistake. And that, over time, will absolutely kill you. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That will kill you sooner or later. I guess you're going to live longer than all of us.
1: You're going to die from a heart attack? Is that what the problem is? Probably. <laughs> well, that's how most of us go out, right? But um, <laughs> do, uh, I'd like to see him do a study on that. Yeah. Shop owners and heart attacks. Yeah. There's a lot more than you would think
2: yeah yeah maybe i don't i don't know like the they work themselves to death and then the the issue then the the issue then becomes can you can you your business financially support because you're talking about charging properly it's like okay well, I'm with you there right mm-hmm But let's say you brought in a a QC person, somebody just to clean the car, make sure, wipe it down, make sure the car gets pulled up up front, parked the right way, double check for drips, whatever. So you're going to hire that person. You need somebody to sell the the work because you can't keep doing it for forever. And you need somebody maybe to assist that person, answer the phones, set the appointments, whatever. So you have two front office people plus a QC person. So well, you're going to have three staff. Well, and then we need a head diagnostician if I'm not there. Okay. Now we need a head diagnostician. Now we have four. And that head diagnostician ain't going to come cheap. No. So we're adding what? Maybe $250,000 a year. That's so why I in, kept the job, you know? Well, well <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like it, the, a lot of our conversations while we've been here, and, and I, th- I didn't think, think it would go this way because every single time we go to some of these events, like we have no idea what kind of conversation we're going to have. A lot of the conversation we've had this weekend has been about how do we make this, how do we move away from the, what you, call it, the ch- mm-hmm. you call it, turn and burn? Turn and burn. Turn and burn? You can call it churn and burn, turn and burn, either one. It's, it's pumping the cars through the shop, that mm-hmm. model. That That's been the model that everybody has used to successfully scale their business turn one shop into four turn a million million and a half dollar shop into six five yeah, six to ten million dollars i used to dollars. have
1: those dreams i absolutely don't want
2: that anymore okay so you and i like yeah we're there yeah, okay. i don't want it anymore because i see what happens i want quality happiness yeah, well, it fishing just, yeah okay yeah we, we want we want normal lives for people right I don't want to build my wealth on the back of having one guy making $35 an hour and a whole bunch of guys making $15 an hour right. and having the right mix and $19 oil changes and devaluing what we do in the consumer's eyes in order to get enough cars to pump them through the shop. I don't want any of that nonsense. I've, all of it's got to go. And I think in my mind, it's going to be forced upon us because of the technology hybrid vehicles. Everything's going to be hybrid. Everything's going to be battery-powered. We're going to have freaking... What, what is it? Hydrogen? Hydrogen. Uh, yeah. We don't know what direction it's going to go. Everybody kind of has their own way they,
1: they want to go. I'll put my vote in with the hydrogen. Hydrogen? Yeah. 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 BMW's yeah. got that, I think.
2: Yeah. So does, uh, I guess, Toyota. Toyota. And Toyota I said think that Honda like, does we're not going to get rid of ice. We're just going to make them hydrogen-powered, and that's how we're going to go. Very cool technology. What? Nice. Okay, that... So... The technology is going to force us to get rid of that model, in my estimation. I think the turn and burn, churn and burn, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That model is going to go away because just from the very fact that we're not going to have oil changes at the volume that we have them available now, we're not going to see that. Because that battery electric vehicle, battery powered electric vehicle is not going to have an oil change. So that's out the window. And tires, like I'm sure tires aren't a huge portion of your business. Oh, no. I, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no. there you go. Because as we need that to the discount tires and the yeah. Costco's of the world and the, the big O's and the Goodyear's and, like, let them do the tires, right? Yeah. That's what their model's built around. So we're going to be fighting over the suspension work, whatever, right? But a lot of it is going to be diagnostic work. A lot of it is going to be, like, maintenance to the hybrid system, maintenance to the systems, like the braking system. It's going to be maintenance on that, not necessarily a brake job or whatever. So that, that turn and burn model's going to go away. To a lot of the conversations we've been having here have been around, how do we make the financials work? Because the hours still have to be billed. the jobs still have to go out the door. Ooh, the jobs still have to go out the door. Like we still need to generate revenue some way to 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 pay for the technicians in a sustainable fashion. And the and the shop owner still has to be able to make enough money. And so you get Cecil. To sit down and tell you he'd look at your what you're doing you're doing the job of four people so the way the financial should look on your P l is you have your 15 net 15 to 25 they'll tell you 25 but 15 net <laughs> yeah your 15 net plus your salary over and above the 15 net should be QC guy shop manager, and I guess you have an assistant now, but shop manager, maybe three guys, QC guy, shop manager, and diagnostician, so $150,000 a year, whatever, in your area, right? Plus the 15 on the bottom. Both should be there, getting pulled out of the business. If it's not, the model's wrong. We're not charging enough. Or we're not turning off hours, or both. I, and I think that is sobering for some of us. Yeah. It can yeah, be sure. mitigated. Now, how do the turn and burn guys do? The turn and burn guys f- tie production to the salaries through flat rate, right? And then all they have to do is pump enough work through the shop. That's right. it. Right. And their lower flat it.
0: rate guys handle the majority of the work. Their their one diagnostician handles all the diag work. The and entire it's not guy even handles all hard diag either. It's yeah.
2: a, the guy's a he can and, n- handle check engine lights, and sense three wire sensors. But he's not doing like hardcore. Right. Well, so yeah.
0: so I've long thought
2: that that it's likely the issue is is that
0: you know we've talked about not charging enough, and and coaches always say raise your rates, raise your rates, raise your rates. Right, that whole big thing went around for so long. I don't think we're charging enough hours for the work that we do. I think that we have to think about charging more time for the work that we do. And then we have to charge more per hour
2: for double up. I was talking to Bill Adams on the way home or on the way back to his hotel and he was telling me like certain years he gets to a certain year, he doubles. Yeah. If it's from this year to this year, it's like, you know, thirty percent mark like I think I'm at one a thirty percent multiplier on on yeah the, i was labor. always taught
1: if a vehicle is 10 12 years old or older by the first guy that got me in european repair he would mark up the hours a minimum of 20 percent if not more because, So
2: we're at 30 yeah so it's a 1.3 well, multiplier yeah, but across the board this guy's doing double double I, on a 10 year old vehicle that made you nervous i can tell yeah 10 yeah, year old uh, big it's see, hard like, to think I mean, because nervous. now you're he's thinking a like, 2013 i mean that's right a-
1: but that doesn't feel old
2: to us because right. we've that doesn't been working feel on old, since yeah. 2013 you ever seen the meme that like what i think of a 10 year old car yeah. and they see the 1992 camry camry but it's actually a 2013 like ultima yeah. it's yeah. like that's a new car no right. that's a 10 year old car <laughs> <I> know, right <laughs> well i work on them like they're new
0: right and and so that's a valid point that's a Do do you have a business coach? Do you use a business coach?
1: No. um, No, I'll be talking to you about what you were just talking about off air. Oh, Cecil. Uh, No, just we were talking about. So I don't have any business management. I I have nothing uh, professional. I've never had a business coach. Um, I've been very fortunate to where all I really cared about was giving people what they paid for. And that's kind of carried me all the way through now, which is how... I came across your page and it was interesting to me because after all these years and all this gray hair, I'm now starting to think and pay attention, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To that stuff. Where before it was just, hey man, hard work and I'll survive. Well now it's it's bigger than that. The you know, I I I know so many people
0: that took that approach. Right. And and it never bothered me. I I got to a spot when I was right, because I was cleaning the toilets, I was writing the service, I was doing the work. Huh? I say that to you once a week. I know, right? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like I I, I, yes. I, I was I hated here, stressed to the max. And I wasn't making money. Like I was doing work. I wasn't making anything. I wasn't actually like. And the money that I did have, even if I could pay the bills, like it didn't feel like. And, and my explanation to her was, "Is I want to go become the best tech I can be because I think I can earn more money that's like True. mine. And I'm not like when you're a business owner, you don't get paid for." that 3 a.m. wake up where you're laying there stressed out about whatever's happening, yeah. right? That's just, uh, am I going to have enough money to pay the bills? Am I going to be able to take care of my people? What about that one car that made that noise after we started? That it's like a, I hate that. Oh. You know, And so I, I went to her and I said, look, I, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. This is too much. Yeah. And so I went to AST, know, I, I walked in, and I end up going from technical classes to management classes, whole long story. And I realized that I didn't know how to run a business. Right? I didn't know how to run a business. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I knew how to work on cars, but I did not know how to run a business. And more and more I'm realizing all of these people that have put their life's work into working on cars, but they don't have anything. Right? I I talk about there's four or five shops that I know personally, like friends of mine, that I talk to and they're like, hey, uh, I'm going to sell the shop. Okay? What's it worth? Uh, well, the valuation report came back, and it's not worth anything. It's worth the property. Okay. Well, why? Well, you know, Lucas, I thought the tools would be worth something. The tools aren't worth anything. No. Nope. I thought the customer base would be worth something. The customer base not worth anything. I thought the telephone number would be worth something. The telephone number is not worth anything. And by the way, I, I wasn't making the money I thought it was. Or I was taking some of that money and paying bills with it, yeah, so I, I never paying. showed a net profit. Yeah. And they don't care. What I paid with it, the fact is, is I don't show a net profit, so the business is not worth anything, mm-hmm. right? And, and the natural progression of an auto repair shop from from everything I can tell is as a guy gets older, right, if he's in mine and your shoes, as he gets older, what happens is, is the numbers start to decline because he gets tired, and he's done all the work himself for yeah. all those years, and so the work starts to decline because he wanted to take that Wednesday off and go fishing. He wanted to take a deep breath. And so as it declines, all of a sudden, everything he had starts pouring back into the business to make the ends meet for the business, right? And so he doesn't—he never thought, I need to put away 10%, because automatically, well, the business is making money. It'll we'll just keep making money, right? We fool ourselves into believing the business is going to keep doing what the business is going to do for years and years and years. But the reality is, is some, at some point, it's going to pop up. You're going to have a heart attack. Something's going to happen. You're going to get sick. You're going to break your leg. You're going to break your hands. Something's going to happen. And I do not say the same thing to tags. You know, Eric, that works for me, right? I don't know if you've noticed this. He's always doing this. When he hurt his elbow, he hurt some nerves in his arm, and now his hand swells. And so he can't close his right hand very well around mm-hmm. sockets. And now, so guess what? That means he's got limited time left before that problem becomes so severe, he can't do his job anymore. Where's your retirement? Well, I don't have any. Where? What? What's the solution? And I think the thing is is that we've subsidized auto repair, for consumers, for so long, it feels normal to us to not charge this. But but the rest of the trades and other professions are saying, "Hey, I you know I hate to tell you, you just talking about that plumber, and I that's in California. right? I hate to say, use that as an example, but my electric, <laughs> I the whole plumber thing is." My attorney's two hundred and seventy five dollars an hour. My
1: Okay, my, but that
2: guy has spent two hundred thousand dollars to go through school. Understand that. But okay. I'm saying
1: whoa, whoa. I've got more than that in hand tools. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but but my point is is my electrician <laughs> right? charges two hundred and some dollars That's an a hour. Lot of hand I, tools.
0: <laughs> my, Maybe in
2: scanners too. No. And it, you no. know.
0: My my uh the plumber that came and worked for me in my shop was two hundred dollars an hour, right? Like yeah. They've all realized, and and they don't have any of this. These are small operations, much like us. And and if you want to know the truth of it, I don't think that we should be par- comparing ourselves to plumbers and electricians and carpenters and HVAC guys. And the main reason is, is because they've not done a d- good damn job of it either.
1: No, that's, right? I or, think, they're think they're just we. Just I big, and I big and big I don't mean to sound you know snooty about it, but I really think we should be compared to doctors and lawyers, and not to just throw yourself up there, but it. When you're at events like this and you're constantly training, we, yeah. we're not just going to school, getting out, and then ta-da. Yeah. It's constant training. It's a constant investment. Yeah. you know We have to maintain our hospital beds, right? Right. It's a, there's a lot going on for us to be at a high level. And, yeah. um,
0: and you know, the problem is, is that the majority of our consumers, so let's think about this for a minute. The majority of our consumers are middle-income earners, right? Because you're top-end income earners. They, their car's out of warranty. If they have problems, they might work on it a few times. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? They're going to go I buy know. another car, right? What? What? You're low and middle income. They can't do that. I have to own this car until it's paid for, or you know, I, I have to make smart financial decisions. Well, they're not earning as much as they've earned in the past. I, I don't want to say that because I think they are. I think they're earning more. But but if we go up to where we need to go, we're going to squeeze them. And yeah, so, that was my
2: point with with the breaking down like the structure you had in, within your shop. With as much as you are personally doing to replace yourself, because that's what you, you're supposed to pay as as an owner. You're supposed to pay replacement cost. What's yeah. it going to cost to replace me within the business? Plus fifteen on the bottom. Plus fifteen on the bottom. Okay, add that up, and then divide that by the amount of hours that your guys are billing. Right, so one hundred and thirty hours a week or so, and then your parts to to labor mix. So you're probably higher on labor than you are on parts, right? If you look at how much you part. Mm -hmm. Okay, so your parts to labor mix, and then and then you see like per hour that you're open, how much you're generating in revenue, and it's probably too low. Yeah, I would I would say it definitely is. Okay, so it whatever the number happens to be, let's say it's it's a hundred dollars too low or a hundred and fifty dollars too low, that means that you need to start generating hundred and fifty dollars more per hour that you're open. Okay, how's that going to break down on what that's going? What's that going to look like on the ticket? That's going to mean a fifteen percent. I'm just throwing numbers out. I have no idea. I'd have to do the math, but fifteen percent more on parts across the board. And my labor rate's got to be $40 more an hour for the numbers to work. Okay. You didn't consider yourself cheap when you walked into this room this morning, right? Just now. Uh, As a cheap shop. I, I was getting
0: ready to say, poor Ryan's, like, come in here, and he's like, oh, we're going to talk about bettering the well, industry. And now I'm like, fuck,
1: man. This is bad news. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, this is, this is what I expected. Oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm good." But you you didn't consider yourself, a, I'm, a, I'm one of the cheapest shop in, in no. town. No, exactly. No. Exactly. So now you sit down, you look at the numbers. Because I'm facing the same thing, dude. I'm facing the same thing. I'm looking at my numbers going, if I can, to make this work, I had to attack this much in parts and this much on my labor rate for the numbers to hash. And I've got to still maintain this level of production for my numbers to all work out. And for, for it to be a viable PL to make it a sellable asset, not that I would want to sell it, but at least be able to say, I own a business on a job that isn't dependent on me necessarily. And I've got replacement value built in. Right. In case tomorrow I can't do the DIAG anymore, I can hire a diagnostician because that's already been paid for and on the PL. Even if I just sloughed it away into a bank account as retained earnings, that money's built into my pricing structure. Not all of a sudden, hey, crap, I just had to hire $150,000 a year DIAG tech for Euro only and I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. How am I going to pay for it? Well, I'm just going to jack up all my prices. Well, that's already built into it. I'm looking at these numbers going, crap. I'm going to price myself out of the market. That's what I'm paranoid about. Yeah, Man, me you terms? probably have less.
1: Uh, no, because it's. I feel the same way. I have to stay where I'm at. I feel afraid to price myself out of the market.
2: The only the only pushback I would give you is that you're working on higher end cars. I know. Um, I'm working on beat the shit Civics. I've got a ninety nine or two thousand Honda Civic. That still feels like a new no. car to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Once once, once the, the minute that you go so far back that you have the f- double wishbone front suspension on the Honda Civic, they're all McPherson struts now. But back in the day, when Honda was cool, they used to make double wishbone front suspensions, fully independent rear suspensions. And you could do all sorts of crazy stuff with the suspension. It was good handling front-wheel drive car for a front-wheel drive car. It was good. It was good. Anyway. This car comes in, and this guy—he uh, hit something or whatever—he sheared the back, the lower control arm. It's got a lower control arm. It's got a trailing arm. It's got a compensating arm on the on the on the rear suspension. And he sheared the bolt, and he like messed up the trailing arm. And the car was just sitting on, <laughs> and they towed it to my shop. And so I've got this 2000 Honda, and that's my cutoff year. It's 2000, by the way. I don't work on 99s or older, some 99s, but like I stay away from 97s. Like I just don't want to work on them. They're too rusted or whatever. This thing was rust. Like everything was rust. Every bolt had to be melted out, everything. And the trailing arms just not available. I had to get one used out of a junkyard, disassemble it, replace all the rubber bushings. Anyway, it's sitting in my shop. So I'm working on that. If I go to this kid and I go, hey, turns out I'm not charging enough. I got to tack $350 to onto this $1,000 ticket. It's now $1,350 because otherwise my numbers don't work. That guy's going to go, like, look at me cross-eyed. And like, dude, you're already charging me a 1000 It's a $2,000 Honda Civic. Like, right. and, I only got so much wiggle room. And, and when... Where you're working on a 17 BMW 5 Series, it's like, hey, that was a $100,000 car. It's another 350 bucks, and the guy's going to go, all right. I I...
0: I think the biggest concern that I have is knowing what the shops around me charge, right? And I've always said we shouldn't compare ourselves to the dealer. We should oh, be more than the dealer see, should be. But do that. But the other shops around me, I mean, dude, I've got people charging forty and fifty dollars an hour, and so it you can quickly get an. I know, image, right? You can quickly
2: <laughs> Where get. Are you from
1: North Carolina?
2: <laughs> oh man, he's and, in the mountains, though.
0: So. <laughs> right, you can quickly get an image of of people looking at you, and and. Let's think about how they make it work. Well, they might own the property. The property might be paid off, and, and they're paying their guys. They're not skilled technicians. They're paying them very, very low wages, and all of the things that go if into it If at all.
2: That, exactly. With like that one dude. Yeah. He wasn't even paying those people.
0: <laughs> right? Well, and so they, they run really low labor rates, and they stuff their pocket with what they can get. And so it, it doesn't compare to the service and the product that we offer. But at some point, right, like because a consumer, think about all these news reports you see. They go to the news, and they say, hey, this guy tried to rip me off, and the news goes to three other places, and those three other places say, yeah, they said they'd do that for $80. We talk about it all the time. They didn't see the car. How can they make an estimate for that? They have yeah. no clue what that's going to be. And then all of a sudden they're saying, well, why are you charging $1,200? Well, because it was rusty, and because it did need this, and because it did need that. But it doesn't matter. At that point, you've got the name of, hey, we did this.
2: Yeah. That, all right? I will push back to you and say you have a Taj Mahal building. Mm-hmm. and you don't roll up to his building and think, yeah. I'm going to pay $40 an hour here. Yeah. You don't. Right. Okay. So I don't have a Taj Mahal building. I'm working on 2000 Honda Civics. The hell do I do? I don't want You got to stop working on those cars. So all right. <laughs> I mean, that's the facts. And so uh,
1: when I was younger and I got in at the BMW and Mercedes, the guy's name was Steve Ash. Mm-hmm. And um, I told you I like old muscle cars then. I'm a young mm-hmm. kid, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and he pointed down yeah. to the transmission shop. Yeah. And he said, look at that. I said, I'm looking. I mean, that place had cars everywhere. Yeah. Cars everywhere. So much transmission fluid on the concrete floor. It was coming up after you mopped it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, and I said, that guy's making money. And that guy took me mm-hmm. and he said, he is making no money. Yeah. yeah. He goes, How do you expect to make a living and live? You, and everybody's different. Yeah. He says, You need to close your eyes and think of what you want with your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whatever it's going to take to get that, you need to work for people that can afford to pay you that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if, if they're struggling and we go look back at the transmission shop, he says, I know that that person can't pay a $300 bill on that car how are you supposed to pay a mortgage and send a kid to college yeah. yeah
0: and and instead we waste our time working on that right a lot of shops spend tons of time dealing with that and working on that car instead of qualifying the client and making sure the right clients coming in the shop and they're more stressful to work for mm-hmm. it's overwhelming because you feel bad for them you want what's best for them but if they don't have the money to pay and all of a sudden you're subsidizing the repair for yep. their car
2: I, I just feel like it's a it's a there's a razor's edge line you have to walk. For me, like specialty shops, I say this all the time. Like, if you're like, you did it right, you bought an existing business. Because we, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. Like, do not open your own flipping shop, don't be stupid. And so, like, you were talking about buy a uh, business.
1: I, I bought um, 10 times of uh, what the profit was. That's what I bought. So the property was only worth this. Yeah. So when we went through the PNL sheets, I mean, that's how, like you said, that's how you're gonna, yeah, yeah, have a viable business to sell. You've got to have it all right. And then, like you were saying, taking the money away for a diagnosis. I mean, I've never thought about that. It's yeah. a genius idea.
2: Because, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you're gonna have to do something. But the the uh, what was he saying? Got me distracted. See, two thousand Honda Civic, <laughs> rusted, yeah. curb smashed. Uh
0: I, you know, I think where this ends, and and you know, I don't.
1: Man, I, I will still work on that stuff though. By the way, just to be a nice guy to people, so they don't get screwed. Like if oh, I yeah, know another shop's edge. not going to do it, there's, right? A, there's a razor's edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell them, you, me. you can't, you can't call me though. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't ask me when it's going to be done. Yeah, just leave it, and I promise I'm going to take care of you. So, <laughs> so
2: we we have some of those cars too. Absolutely, and. and uh, there's the a circle. razor's edge that you have to walk because, in order to 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 break that seven figure mark, the the customer pool and not and not struggle necessarily, the customer pool has to be about two thousand names. To, that's the magic number. Yep. I've, I've got this broken down to the T. It's two thousand names. That's the mm-hmm. seven figured mark. A1,000 names, you'll, you'll hit somewhere between 500,000 and 650,000 dollars in, in yearly sales. When you get to that 2,000, you can break seven figures very easily. But it's not just any 2,000 names. It's got to be the, the right 2,000 yeah. names. And so it is a struggle and a fight. Especially in my area, like I am surrounded by shops. Where right? are you at again? I'm in Kansas City. Okay. I am surrounded. There's probably 30 shops within a mile of your shop. Within a mile radius. That's really? probably right. We're close to yeah. 30. It's it's bad. Again, don't know, don't know, don't start. Don't know, go open a shop. Like buy a business that's been there for a minute and you've gotten a name and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, if you want two thousand names. Okay, so I'm starting from ground zero. I've got zero names on my customer list. I need to start acquiring customers as quickly as possible and try to get to that 2,000 name as fast as possible. Now that I've gotten past that 2,000, it's like, well, now i got to start knocking names off. I, that bottom 50% of customers that are not producing any profit for me or just a pain in the ass to deal with, I need to get them off of my list, but I need to replace them with another thousand like. So now it's like it's just churning that customer list. It is going to take forever. Because if you don't have the right names, you're cuz you're absolutely right. It's not you have to have the right people coming to pay you because otherwise it yeah, it's going to be they might pay you the two thousand to do that repair, but man, it is an agonizing two thousand yeah. dollars, and not worth the two thousand you're going to earn off yeah. of it, yeah. or the whatever the sixty percent margin you're going to make on that. It's not worth the money. This person is a massive pain in the ass. I don't want to do this again for that person, so you knock them off the list. But now you got to replace them with another person, and so it's it's really difficult. It's easy to say sitting down here on a podcast, like, oh, just jack up your price and like you gotta just make sure we qualify the customer and there's like oh that's fine, but when you break it down into baby steps and what am I gonna do tomorrow on or Monday morning to start making that change, what's the first step I'm gonna do? And yeah, it might be that hey, I gotta go into the system and I've gotta immediately jack up my GP optimizer and shopware. Yeah. And I've got to tack another $35 onto my and I told you like before we started this, like I'm gonna really crunch to my numbers down. Yeah. Because this I is think depressing yeah. as AF for me to realize that the 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 numbers, even if I don't have that person hired, I've gotta be able to pay for them. I've gotta have that in retained earnings. My guys have to be a have to hit a certain productivity number for the numbers to work. I want them to take the time to do it right. I want them to slow up and do the diag and let's do the EEPROM work and I want all of that for my shop because I see that as the future. It's gotta be that because the turn and burn model is not sustainable in my estimation, and I think it's evil, but whatever. It's devalued our industry. It's ruined technician after technician yep. after technician. 100%. It has created yes, the absolutely. technician shortage absolutely. that we have. Everything we've done up to this point has put us into the situation yep. that we're in now yep. where people think 1999 oil changes are a real thing, that they're not getting garbage oil or unskilled labor doing it and cheap oil filters or whatever. They think in their mind, it's the same as the $90 oil change that guy was going to charge me down the street. It's not the same but they think it is so we've gotten to that point like so i need i need to figure things out i don't know what to do
1: um so uh kind of to combat that so i, I do these little articles yeah in local magazines yeah and um you, you know everybody else does them it's a two-page thing and if you own a shutter business you know imagine this ad it's 15 percent off and you know it's yeah. an advertisement it's a you know yeah. little billboard in your hand um well, I've used it to, um, do, uh, how would, how would you say, uh, basically educating yeah, consumer consumers. Education. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not like a call me for $20 off of a whatever. Yeah, of course. They've never done yeah. that. I'll educate them about do's and don'ts, what people are doing and, and I'll come out with the, you know, it so here, here's the thing. Um, and I, now I really want to crunch my numbers more listening to you, um, but uh, if I can do, if I can take twenty five dollars off that coolant flush, for just as an example, I'm charging you too much. And if I'm not charging you too much, I have an ulterior motive, right? I, I, you get, I get where that. I'm coming? So if, so if I can take $25 off that coolant flush. So if the
0: consumer thinks you can take 25 off,
1: if they if feel like I've, you're. There's, no, it's one of two things, I believe. If you're doing that, it's one of two things, and maybe I'm judging people for whatever. Yeah. But I think if you put an ad out, and it's $25 off on that coolant I've flush, it you have been yeah. overcharging constantly for the coolant flush. Yeah. Or your goal is to get me in and upsell me. Oh, right, yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah,
2: right? so well, that's um, a That's Hundred percent true. Yes, a hundred percent true. It, yes. Yes. And, hundred and, percent true.
1: And, and 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 I think the consumers need to realize what they're getting in quality shops when it comes to the fluids and materials. And I mean, we just can't dump oil. And you could dump oil in a car, dude, you I, know, and just see how it goes. I but got a complaint. I follow the rules. <laughs> I got a complaint the other day because this dude had a brand new
0: Toyota pickup. Brand new, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't put 1030 in it. And he was so upset. I'm what? like, dude, this is a zero 020 truck. I yep. am not putting 1030 in it. You can take it and do whatever you especially want, especially if you truck. have
1: climate. When you're down where I'm at, you can put 50 weight in it. It'll be fine. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, if you exactly. have climate, mm-mm.
0: well, so I, I very much felt the same way for the longest time. And I, and, and I still feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. However, when I went from three bays to 10 bays, and all of a sudden, I have to fill ten bays instead of three bays. That's a whole different proposition. It makes it nervous, yeah. right? Because now, like, you've got to grow your client base. Now you've got to get more people in there, and you've got to make sure the marketing you've got is effective. You like it's it's a much more detrimental thing when you have a slow week and you've got a big facility. And so, it, I, I can see why a lot of people I got a would,
2: second space and bought equipment. Dude, that's,
0: listen, 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 honey,
2: honey, honey, I mean, honey. Whatever you're about to tell me, I told you about the stupid building also, just so you know. Like, why not just stay where, where you're at? Like, you're killing it right now. Yeah, but, 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 I'm going to have a podcast room, and cat six... 10-gigabyte internet in every connection. I, I think what? I'm farther away from standing on the corner in a miniskirt than you are. That is true. You are. <laughs> i mean, going shake <laughs> that ass.
0: He's hoping people will pay him to go back in.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> but, but, All right. Your look's kind of like mine. Somebody's not going to pay you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll take it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.